everyone it's so great to be with you guys again this is the the first episode of 2022 and incidentally we get to continue on the series of relationships so just for a quick recap last year in our last episode we got to talk about breakups and healing so with the contribution of you guys our students uh, you were able to share with us different stories that featured your own breakups and because of that we were able to have a very fruitful discussion on what it means to be in a breakup and what it means to be after a breakup so there are different discussions that we had different ways of coping different scenarios different elements about it so if you haven't heard or haven't had the chance to to listen to that episode we encourage you guys to check it out and as like i said we get to continue that theme of relationships in this new episode we're very excited to to share this new episode with you guys uh it's something that we get to work with, with one of our friends and colleagues hello everyone let me introduce to you our guest for today ryan Beretta. he is a coordinator in safe spaces for loyola schools gender hub and also an advocate for LGBTQIA plus rights, also an advocate for HIV awareness, mental health. He's also a drug artist and a host for many events. Let's welcome Brian. Welcome, Hi, Brian. Brian. And he's also a good friend of ours, actually. Yes. 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 And can I just yes. say? A very good friend. Yes, a very good friend. And also, I love the people who are hosting this show. So, hello, everyone. We love you too. We love you too, we love Brian. You too. But, uh, and we're so happy say, you're here. I'm happy to be here. I just want to say it's a drag artist. Uh-oh. Um, also, drag, drag po. Hindi po. Sorry, No, I mean like it's also other, it's also other people who hear the word drag. drag. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And then they're like, they're like drag. Ibang drag talaga. Hindi po ibang drag. Uh-oh. 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 Just on the record. <laughs> yes, yes. On the record, just to clarify. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how are you, Bri? Doing good. Um, I must say, January has been a very bumpy month. True. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so in I think for of, most of us. I know. And the weird thing is, I've been seeing people online posting their own struggles for January. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say for everyone listening... We, I'm with you. Kasama ko kayo. Medyo bumpy din yung January ko. If we're all feeling like a bit, ako personally, I'm feeling a bit shaken. Parang my anxieties went up a bit during January. So I've, I've mm-hmm. been managing better, but it 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 has been quite, it's not as smooth as I'd want it to be. So yun, that's the current state. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying that January is like a practice of this new year. January I felt like yeah yes so it's like, happening correct and January felt like um you know a year it, in itself it was its own year correct correct yeah. yes yeah. yes oh, yeah. with the, ano, ano, the rising cases that we had to go through nung start talaga ng year. Yes. I think parang my, my thought lang was we had all that freedom during Je- December. Mm-hmm. And a sense, a sense of a world reopening, and then January mm-hmm. came and slammed all the doors of our dreams to 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 travel, to explore, to reconnect, yeah. and yeah, that really. really put a lot of stress 
and um parang we've all parang disappointment in people so january became a struggle especially with the rising cases ng omicron that's right mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. true nahirit okay. nga it's uh, 2022 yeah parang ulit lang right oh my god but yes so february yeah and hope for the better month of perfect ibig na Mm, yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, this episode is the start. Parang it's the first episode for this year. And this... Oh, I love yes. it. Yes. Buena mano ng taon. Oh, and so, this episode uh, will be airing on Valentine's Day itself. I love it. So, yeah. ma- ako yung mano. And then we're going to talk about love today, apparently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Our, our topic is, uh, yes, it's about love, but it's also about relationships and specifically mm-hmm. also about uh, the LGBTQIA plus uh, relationships. But before right. we get into that, um, uh, just a little bit of, I guess, information, getting to know uh, Brian a little bit more. So, Bri, um, I guess for to start it off, we would just like to ask, uh, what is your... Soji, what is your orientation, your gender identity, and your expression? Right, love it. So Soji is an acronym for sexual or romantic orientation. That's the SO. GI is gender identity. And the E is for gender expression. So I think we just a bit of note, everyone who is someone has their Soji. You don't have to be part of the LGBTQIA plus community to, to, to use Soji as a way to understand yourself. So for me, mine is I am my gender identity is I am I identify as male, but which means I am cisgender. So when we say cisgender, cis comes from the Latin word same, meaning that um, the gender that was given to me at birth, because of perhaps my anatomy and my biology, I am aligned with it. It's the same, meaning I, I it's not different as opposed to transgender, where their sex assigned at birth is different from who they know themselves to be. So it's trans. Trans kasi is the other side. That's the, it's Latin for other side or um, opposite, parang ganon. So minus, I'm a cisgender male, but in terms of gender identity, there have been explorations into concepts of what it means to be non-binary. And non-binary just means I look at gender as not just between being male and female. It sometimes is both, but sometimes neither. That it's more fluid than that. So that's my, like the long explanation for gender identity. And the gender expression, maybe androgynous and uh, fluid because as a drag artist, I do tap into both. I tap into hyper-femininity as part of my, my art. But in everyday life, I tend to dress up more androgynous, meaning it's clothing that's not really masculine, not really feminine, but just, you know, clean and uh, can be borrowed by, by girls or boys. Kinda. And then for my, and the way I express myself and talk is quite um, feminine, mixed up with masculine sometimes if I want to. And then for a sexual orientation, a romantic orientation, I am a gay man. So I am attracted to other men. We, are. we really appreciate, Brian, that you yeah. got to, to share an in-depth uh, yeah explanation about it because honestly 
uh, we get to talk with people now who are supportive, who are aware of it, but mm-hmm. don't really understand what it means, what it stands for. So even the way you explain it right now, I think it's a big thing already for a lot of our listeners to be able to become more aware about these things. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. And also, I think it's for people to use it in everyday life. It has to be as simple as possible. But mm-hmm. it's not really simple when we're trying to um, expand our understanding of how people are, identify, and live their life. Yun. Mm-hmm. So with that, now that our listeners get to know you a bit more, mm-hmm. I think they'll be really interested in the questions that we'll be asking you this episode. So one of those questions I would like to start with is, uh, what do relationships mean to you? Oh, okay. That's a very heavy and uh, loaded, loaded question. question. <laughs> oh. For a beginning question. Yeah, like we're diving right in. Um, right in. <laughs> uh, well, well I, I, it's, it's normal. I understand. As guidance and as counselors, you that's what you do. That's what um, the job entails. But ako, like, for relationships for me, they are the lifeblood of what makes life beautiful Uh, meaningful, purposeful. It is the relationships in my life. So regardless if it's romantic, familial, parental, platonic, friendly relationships, all of those define, give meaning, and are central to what I feel is, uh, parang makes my life beautiful. Parang ganun. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess what I mean is social support and being part of a community that feel, makes you feel safe, uh, accepted and understood that makes you feel loved is such a integral and central part of what it is to be human. So for yeah. me, it's so central and it's so it, it it is it's such a core thing for me to talk about relationships. And I think our line of work as people who work in the mental health field or even in the field that is responding to people, I, I'm sure you guys would also agree to a degree that relationships are what make or break individuals. The quality, yeah. those, the quality of those relationships can either make or break them. So yeah. for me, I feel the same way that sometimes we find resilience in the people who are there for us when it's very difficult. And sometimes we break because of those individuals in our lives who do not support us in the ways that we need. Right? So that's what it means, relationships. Yeah, and, and I love how you were able to say that, you know, relationships don't necessarily have to be just about romantic ones. Relationships are all around us and part of our lives and it's really integral or it's mm-hmm. in the core of it. Yeah. And which is why with that, uh, of course, we'd love to ask about uh, dating and romantic relationships. Sino bang hindi? Yung juicy stuff. Eh. But oh we want to ask you also, uh, how did you navigate, you know, re- different kinds of relationships, you know, meeting new people and friendships and of course, getting into dating. How did you get to navigate those? Well, I think if you're talking about navigating relationships as someone who's part of the LGBTQ community, for me growing up, it wasn't the experience of being Um, LGBT means that I have to be hyper vigilant about people's acceptance of me. That I don't automatically feel when I enter a room, I will have everyone on my side or accept me for who I am. It's not automatic. No, it's not because I am, in a way, in their eyes, I'm a deviant. You know, I am different. I don't conform to what they call as quote unquote normal. So I've had to be vigilant about. the safe spaces 
and use a lot of instinct and emotional quote, um, feeling just to figure out if I, if I feel safe in a space or with people. So navigating it has not been the easiest, um, especially as when I was young, because when I was young, it didn't really occur to me that I would be rejected for being gay or you know, queer. It just occurred when I would express myself in ways that were gender non-conforming. So that became, you know, painful and mm-hmm. hurtful. So for me, navigating it wasn't the easiest thing. And um, when I think about the expanding that navigation growing up into teenage years and then getting interested in romance, even then navigating it was strange because I mean, um, I mean, I went, well, I don't know how to like say this. I mean, I went to like an all boys school, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. um, an uh, all boys private Catholic school where oh. um, it's natural for a gay kid to have attractions to other people in my school. But I'm navigating it within that setting was also quite difficult. Not really difficult, but I had to not be so you know, I had to be careful, especially at the time that I was young. It wasn't so, I think the world is more open now, but when I was younger, it was, I had to be more, um, I don't know, what do you call that? Like um, stealth mode. Maybe that's yeah. the right term. Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's uh, difficult because when you had to do that as young as you are, Mm-hmm. Um, but usually you're, when, it, when we talk about dating, meeting new people, it's uh, you know, a teenager, like when you're discovering love and all of that. But in your case, it was as early as you weren't, you weren't it wasn't intentional, but you were already kind of navigating it. Mainly yeah. because um, it, I guess what you were saying earlier about the already the concept of acceptance, mm-hmm. that, which is the, the integral part of love right of relationships you had to navigate that as early as you as as you know when you were young yeah i think um also i just want to like say that it's a normal occurrence for gay and queer young youth people to have crushes on their friends you know mm-hmm. so but i'm to imagine being a queer queer kid or uh, you know a gay kid and having a crush on one of your friends and mm-hmm. they're, they're they're not they're not gay they're straight I mean, like, imagine the unrequited attention to someone. That's like... Mm-hmm. Added layer of difficulty on top of just, you know... Yeah, the, uh, looking back at it, I'm like, oh my God. That's like all of that attention to one person who can't reciprocate. How horrible. So, oh my. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I look back at it and then I realize that it's a normal occurrence. Many, many queer people or gay people have the same stories about navigating unrequited love for straight friends mm-hmm. and or an attraction. And it's a normal thing, um, but it doesn't mean that we do anything about it or we pursue them. It just means that because we are having to, but ha- new feelings arise and we don't know how to kind of uh, figure out what to do. Because mm-hmm. um, if I go back, if I would go back to my 16-year-old self falling for a straight person, I would just like tell myself, I would nip it at the bud. Parang, I would say, nah, don't do it. 
don't do it. You know that whole uh, TikTok. Um, yeah. don't do it. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna do it. Like, <laughs> and then and then I did it. So it's like that's kind of how it feels or it felt. So I would tell myself, don't do it. But yeah, that's like when I'm young, when I was younger. But mm. growing up, I think the more I figured out who I was and understood what what I wanted, the easier it was for me to find um, romance and and find it with people who will honor what I wanted to in reciprocal. So yon. When you were when you were younger, did was it ever um, told to you, or was it ever? It was were you ever made to feel that you should not do it? Meaning, I should not fall in love with. Yeah, um, or you like have these crushes, have these, you know. Oh well, yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah. Uh. I mean that whole idea of being gay and then acting on it, you know, or acting on your heart, was seen as taboo. So I. I don't know. I, I grew up almost having, I don't know, maybe thinking about it, maybe there was a part of me that was okay with unrequited love because it was safer. Because it meant that it, nothing would happen. I can indulge in a feeling without having to risk the act of intimacy. Parang Parang it, it's safer. Yeah, it's safer because I can keep my distance. It's a layer and, of protection. And nothing happens. And that's mm-hmm. that's it. I like what you said, but I like it's a beautiful but also sad thing that you said about like, the, the pain of heart. holding it in. Like you're not able to act on your heart. That's that's a that's a strong yeah. statement. Yeah, not yeah. at all. And and I think um well that was during my youth. I realized that. Maybe that was just me being very cautious and wanting mm. to keep it safe mm. and wanting to not be to not get attention. Now I can just do it privately. I can just have those feelings on my own mm-hmm. without having to garner other people's attention. Because if you know, like once once you get into a relationship, people know and people pay attention to it. So it becomes all of a sudden you um, have a spotlight under um, put on me, and then mm-hmm. that would. I don't know. I just that that's sort of like where I was when I was younger, and then um, grow, getting older when I started knowing more about myself, I I I was brave enough to be myself in safe spaces with safe people, and that's where I noticed um, I was able to open up to requited uh, mm. reciprocal romance. Yeah. So it's really more of finding safe spaces where you can be more of yourself, where you can be true to your identity. Yeah, and and, and it's mm-hmm. safe space isn't so much about like a, an actual location, but yeah. mm-hmm. the people who I was with, um, the community, and the the support, the social support. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. And then doing that gave me the the courage and also the. I, I don't know, like maybe it by by other people accepting me, I accepted my feelings and that my feelings were valid and that I could honor them without shame. Yeah. That's so important. I, yeah. yeah. I I think that's the main thing there, you know, the acceptance that you get. So you start to accept yourself as well. And vice versa. You accept yourself and so other people start to see that. Yeah, exactly. It's um, a ripple effect. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's so hard to pinpoint exactly where the cause and effect is. But 
it sometimes happens at the same time where a supportive community allows mm-hmm. causes an effect within where I feel safer to accept myself. And then accepting myself even more creates more expansive spaces of acceptance where I'm looking for accepting communities, putting myself in, in communities that are going to be more accepting. Yeah, so it's almost like the, the whole, uh, it's a ripple effect, but it goes both outward to inward yeah. to inward mm-hmm. to outward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's and, nice, that's nice. And, well, it's really important, nga, and as you said, nga, it's good that you were able to to find it and be able to get it for yourself. When I when we talk with uh, our clients, even our friends, we can sense like, uh, the the frustration and I think the fear. I, I don't know if that was something you you uh, got to relate with a lot with when you were younger, but that fear mm. of of not being able to even understand. What's going on? Who you are? Not having a guide or support. Parang there's a lot of fear when I get to talk with people about it. Yeah, I think um, like getting into romantic relationships, don't know, like that fear. Is that what you mean? The the fear of getting into a relationship, of and in the line or be, of or uh, not being accepted. Getting the acceptance, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think because uh, I think people forget that um. When you were heteronormative, when I say heteronormative, meaning you're straight, you are you're, you you uh, identify with the sex assigned at your at birth, meaning mm. you're basically um, you automatically get acceptance wherever you go. There is no fear about being different. It's uh, the standard. Yeah, when you are the standard of what is deemed normal, mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. there's no need to come out. There's no need to be, be wary about holding hands in public with your heterosexual partner. Parang ganun, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, a makeup mm-hmm. of uh, when you're when you're a man and a woman together, you can kiss in public, hold hands, um, bring them home, uh, introduce them to your family, tell them you want to take it serious and talk about it with everyone and there won't there won't no one will bat an eye no one will think any different of, of you but if you're not that if you're not heterosexual or cisgender um everything becomes about um feeling out whether it's safe to do it because the default is shame and rejection so mm-hmm. And that's a very difficult thing for anyone to go through. And then you add to that all the confusing, intense emotions of falling in love for the first time. Mm. Add to that that sense of shame and fear. Oh my God, it becomes like a storm, like a, a storm of uh, what do I do? I'm like a confused storm. So mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of overwhelming emotions. I wonder how do you usually navigate with that? Well, when I was young, um, I tried to be, yeah, like falling, like just a bit of background. Like I fell in love for the first time when I was 15. And, mm-hmm. and uh, with, of course, with, with someone I knew. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, recip- it wasn't unreciprocated. It was reciprocated. So, you know. Um, it, it, it's so cute that you're talking about like, are you your voice? Being first love. Eh. Yeah, first love will always be you that, know that way. feeling. <laughs> Yeah, pero pero reciprocated siya tapos siya pa first move no. So parang hello. Mm. 
Pero uh, I remember when it happened, it was sort of, it was both exciting, but also, you know, I had First to, love. Yeah, I, Killing. I, I knew I had to hide it because not everyone would get it. Not mm-hmm. everyone would feel, would accept it. So we would uh, find ways of having, you know, of talking to each other, of, uh, you know, having alone time holding together, hands. holding hands, and then, yeah. you know, being close in private hidden from other people and I think and it was a whirlwind because it only lasted for a friggin month but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a long time for a teenager yeah that like is, that is 15, true at 15 it felt like yeah, forever it. it's like yeah. forever it, yeah. you're, you're in for life and then yeah. I'm, like, it, I'm like oh look that's like like hello so like <laughs> how 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 dumb. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I uh, I remember that I had to keep it secret. I was I knew that it wasn't safe to share with the world, but a, ho- a huge chunk of me felt it didn't feel wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Eh? I didn't go through a crisis where I felt that this is a sin. That's you knew your truth, but I think when I was younger, I knew what felt right. And my intuition and instinct and sense of self was telling me that there's nothing wrong with this love, love, quote unquote, because puppy love, meaning it's like Mm-mm. infatuation, not, not really anything, like not the kind of love I know now, but it didn't feel wrong. And I know that's not, the, that's not always the experience of many people who are queer. Many queer people who grow up in religious, strictly religious backgrounds when they first express their romantic interest in someone of the same gender, experience turmoil and struggles Mm-mm. because they have to reconcile both what they were raised to believe and what their hearts were telling them. And, and that can be such a difficult struggle and dilemma to have um, because it means that you're, you have to choose between what is right and what feels true that's a very complex problem yeah. so it's like it feels true this is true love but it does it's not right so, do you feel that somehow it's tainted like it's a tainted kind of i don't think it's a lesser kind of love but i think mm-hmm. it's a love that is um when that's the case it's a love that's shrouded in shame mm. and a, a, an internalized sense of um of personal judgment so it's a very it's kind of it's kind of I find it very like sad that people have to go through it that but that wasn't my experience and my experience was I had I knew I had to keep it secret but I wasn't unproud of it at all mm-hmm. like for people who who would listen and who were safe friends I would I would share it with them like they knew about it that's like how I navigated it and then I kept it I still kept it secret from most people except people who I trusted because that's parang the unspoken arrangement now we were where we were going to be each other's like secrets parang ganun. weird no so yeah. yeah yeah at 15 so that's like whatever like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's so interesting that we're talking about you know, the experiences you had back then I, and i want to ask this from you from your perspective mm-hmm. how do you think you know, from what you're seeing and from what you're experiencing, what you've experienced, how what do relationships mean now to the LGBTQIA plus community? And how do you think it has 
evolve maybe or change yeah. until now? I think, I think um, well, if we talk about relationships, like romantic relationships, huh? mm. romantic relationships are now, I, I think now there's an, a more, an open, uh, people are more open to the loving who they love, to, fall, to, to having crushes and who they have crushes on. It's not as rigid, especially for the youth who have an awareness of what it means to be LGBTQIA+, to have an awareness of um, non-heterosexual relationships. And I think now people are freer, you know? Uh, and mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that's the evolution of what it means to be more accepting and more compassionate and open to people who are different. And for me, I think if I had grown up in this day and age, I would not have had the same level of hiding. I would not have hidden it as much. And I think I wouldn't have, um, I would have been more open to people and prouder of it because uh, when people are more aware of what it means to be be, uh, LGBTQIA or to understand about, understand LGBTQIA plus experiences, it means I can I have larger safer spaces, which I didn't have back then. So there are I think, more safe spaces now. For sure, because and there's more representation even in media. Mm, yeah, uh, and and that means that you are represented in what people consume, the art that they consume, the entertainment they consume, and that mean and even the music, uh, it, it, it's represented. We have a lot of uh, famous pop stars who are queer allies. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or even queer themselves. Uh, so it means that uh, they don't feel like they're alone. That there is, there are other people like them, and that means that the world is filled with safe spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just, yeah. I just realized that while while you were speaking, that while yeah, media also has its bad points. Media is also can be considered a safe space now, right? And it's such a huge space for, yeah. for representation. Definitely. And I think um, having that, them be beacons of what it means to be proud or accepting creates larger ripple effects in other people who become their fans because they start to imbibe or maybe model their own openness. And you're part mm-hmm. of that. You're also on social media. That's what you do, right? You're an mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're a presence. Yeah, yeah. but when I, but yeah, but when I because when I do drag, this is also how I feel about draga. Drag is an art form. When I'm proud and um doing my thing and just in the moment in the zone, I give other people permission in a way to be free. Mm-hmm. I give them the permission to own up to their truth. And live their live out their truth in freedom. In, in a way, it's it's also my it's you we become examples of what it means to to be true to who you are and be unapologetic. And you give other people permission to do the same. And it in a way creates safe spaces for them, even if it's just in their own mind, in their own hearts, they take it with them. So you you give them hope and a role model in a way to be able to. Be who they can be. Be right. safe with who they are. Yeah, but I don't know if it's like a role model. I don't think <laughs> You don't consider but yourself. I don't know. Model, model. Let's uh, keep it a model. Model, yeah. Uh, model. Yeah, model. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, see you on. Like, uh, yeah, in a way, like to give them, it, it helps with, with, with freedom. 
I think if you see someone be free, it it allows you to think that's a possible possibility for me. I can mm-hmm. be free too. Yeah. So even in those small ways, however big or small, um, that's the new world that is here right now, especially with conversations of what it means to be trans, mm-hmm. non-binary, um, queer. And it allow, and I think if we talk about the evolution of how romantic relationships are formed and honored and lived by queer people, by LGBTQIA individuals, it's so much more open now. And people have more safe spaces for acceptance now. And avenues and venues to talk about their feelings, whether it's online, on Discord, on Twitter, on Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, all of those, all of those become platforms for self-expression and safe spaces. So for me, um, I feel like we are entering a new age of openness and it's so much bigger and so much wider now. And I'm happy for it. So I think that's the evolution of what of, of how romantic relationships are honored. Now mm-hmm. they don't hide, they don't have to hide all the time. Now so they promising. Can, yeah, it's 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 also um it, it speaks about um progress and mm-hmm. and it, it it's it's hopeful because it means that people are going to be in love who they love and um as long as it's, it is with consenting individuals of proper age, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Brian, um maybe this is something that you can uh you know, you experience or saw along the way. But what is maybe one myth or surprising encounter or experience that you you have you faced before that you know is regarding LGBTQIA plus relationships? Whether it's a myth or a surprising thing that you encountered, just I one. A lot of myths that I hear is that they always seem to pattern um, an LGBTQIA couple after straight couples. Mm. So yung palagi yeah. kung pinadidinig is, sino yung babae at sino yung lalaki? Oh, that, we, we hear that. I think I have said that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in our ignorance, I think we have thought no, but, about that before. But but I get it because you're, the pattern of, of, of romantic relationships for most people are mm-hmm. their parents. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Mom and dad. So, in a way, and then media, perpetuates that kind of pattern where you see gender roles and it's a man and a woman. So you kind of apply it even though it's not really applicable to all LGBTQIA couples. So that's a myth that I think I encounter a lot Mm-mm. because it means that they they have to ask, like even me, like they ask, uh, so current, uh, my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And uh, just for people who are listening, my boyfriend and I have been together almost for nine years. Wow! Yes. Like it's we, not. We've met him. Like yeah, yeah. when you were yeah. starting out in grad school, Palanda, yeah. and wow, that's been such a long time. Yeah, nine years. Nine years. A good yeah. run. I know, mm-hmm. and 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 still like we're I, you know, still love the dude. So you know. <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out, <laughs> Anyway, um, it's uh, uh, I think the thing is, yung, the, I get asked that a lot. And I think when it comes to queer or gay or LGBTQIA relationships, it doesn't have to be just male or female. You know, we don't have, we don't have to be mm-hmm. not like there's, it doesn't have to be one is masculine, one is feminine. It can be we're both masculine and feminine, 
we are sometimes mm-hmm. switching gender role, uh, the idea of what it means to be masculine or feminine. Sometimes we're mm-hmm. neither. Um, so I think what it means is that because we not fit the stereotype of male and female, we have more wiggle room to explore the different ways of expressing um, quote-unquote gender roles within a relationship, mm-hmm. you know? And I think also there's 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 room for breaking gender roles that are limiting even for straight people. Yeah. Like when you think about who's the feminine one. So this is just dapat yung mahinhin, tapos yung masculine one yung matapang at malakas. Yeah. But in my mind, I fe- femininity is strength. Yeah. No? And masculinity can come with vulnerability. Softness. That's true. And, and masculinity can come with sensitivity and emotional depth, you know? Mm-hmm. And capacity for emotional expression. So, parang in a way, having queer relationships break the binary in a way, yeah. break the binary of gender roles, and also give permission to heterosexual couples to to also do the same. That they don't have to fit those gender roles, and it can be two people who love each other, who share um, relationship roles and responsibilities, and and that's a beautiful. Thing. Yeah, so Bri, um, I was just going to say that I was going to go back to what you said about like the keyword that you said about possibility. And I think that's very important because for um, the LGBTQIA community right mm-hmm. now, that just having that possibility, you know, that so many things can happen in the future, given that like more safe spaces, more more expression. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's important that they see that there's future for, for them. Yeah. And I think also it's it's important for um, LGBTQ queer kids to know that their love is valid and that their love is something to be honored. And this, it, it, in a way, it 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 is worth existing. I think and that reassurance is really impactful and important right now, especially if you're growing up in a traditional household or there's not much awareness with what you're going through. They don't true. know who they can talk to about it. True. And, and I think also um, that, that whole cliche that love is love. So, you know, if, if you have love in your heart, if you're falling in love, if you want to fall in love. Um, and give that love. You yeah. want to give and receive that love. Parang in my mind, you deserve it. You, it, it, it is love that deserves to be honored. And it's, it deserves to be given space to grow and exist. So for me, um, maybe, maybe that's where... And I think that boils down to when I learn to find a sense of like loving the part of me that's queer loving the part of me that's gay, that's non-conforming, it gave me an inner sense of safety that I knew that I can safely be open now because I feel safe in my own skin. So maybe that's like what I'm realizing is um, safe space is such an important internal and external thing that we all deserve. And, and having a world that is opening up to LGBTQIA plus love means that it, there are growing safe spaces where people can honor their love 
and feel safer in their own skin so that they don't have to hide. Because shame and hiding and concealment are all part of what occurs when people are being oppressed and discriminated against. And when you eliminate the stress of discrimination and oppression, there's room to breathe, but also room to love. You know? Yes, I love that. That's, That's what we want to advocate for and support yeah. for with everyone in any kind of relationship. Yeah, and I think everyone deserves that. To, to feel that they are safe to love, whether it's queer, LGBTQIA, or straight, yeah. whatever. Um, and, and what it means is for me, if that's the kind of world that we're creating, and that's the kind of world that being proud and, be, and honoring my love is, is allowing for, then I'm all for it. More power. Yes. More power. Come in. What you said was already very beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that's already part of the message that you want to send mm. um, to our listeners. But is there anything else, other advice or message you would like to send to uh, students who are listening? Well, I think, of course, this is for the Ateneo community, right? Mm. So for all Ateneo community members who are listening, everyone, not just in the Loyola schools, but the entire university, um, if I just want to say that you all deserve safe space. And if you don't feel safe, the gender hub is here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always approach the gender hub and ask for an appointment and talk with us and just, you know, um, I guess, I don't know, like you can, we're here for you and we're here to help you find whatever safety that you feel you need. And also, the, I think I'm really happy that you guys are in the counseling, the guidance and counseling office because it means that your office becomes a safe space for LGBTQIA plus individuals as well. I mean, you're my friend, so I know I, I, can, I can vouch for how safe you are. So if you don't have safe spaces that you know of in your mind, my thought is schedule an appointment with you guys. Um, schedule um, an appointment or... Go, approach the gender hub and i think that is already if you for me just the thought of um you all deserve safe space and there are places that you can go in the ateneo that will give up if you feel you need it or you need more safe space so maybe that's the only message i have that um we are here for you and we are here to honor who you are to honor the love that you feel and to to, to to cheer you on as you as you live in more freedom and truth. So that's my message. And we can very much vouch for our friend Brian also, and, and also the Gender Hub. The Gender Hub has been true. Um, yeah, we work hand in hand with Gender Hub, and it's truly a safe space. So also yes. more power to Gender Hub. We're, we were how many years is the Gender Hub already? Nineteen. Nineteen. Four? Four? Four, yes. yes four years. It's been four years and it, it, it's done so much wonders since. It just gets better and going diba? more. Yeah. And so, but imagine, parang four years and then a big chunk of that during the pandemic. Oh, mm-hmm. oh that's so true. Like half of it during exactly, the pandemic. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't stop you, it doesn't stop us from doing what no. we need to do. Because, uh, exactly. Because, uh, you know, we're here for the Ateneo community, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, with everything that you said, I think all our listeners and all who love our listeners, who live with our listeners, just you can be a safe space for, for people you love. You, yes. Yes. I think maybe that's also a call to action, all right? Now, for everyone who's listening, um, whatever your soji is, I'm hoping that you open your hearts and open your minds to safe spaces to people who, um, to your LGBTQIA plus siblings, yes. family members, friends, these safe spaces for them. Because, um, you know, parang imagine the kind of life uh, you will touch or imagine the hearts that will open up once you become safe spaces for other people and, and the beautiful friendship and connection that can form in being safe spaces for each other. Because whether you're queer or you're um, not queer, you know, uh, we all need safe space, you know? So, you know, just maybe that call to action, be a safe space too. I think that's a, that's a great uh, title for, for yeah. yeah, just being a safe space. Yeah. 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 Safe space and um love comes in all forms. It's not just romantic. Love and that um you know, be a safe space, show love, uh create space. Be love. love. Be love, yeah. Be love. Oh. Very uh, complete. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bri, for joining us. You, you gave us so much insight, so many beautiful words. Yeah, and, and, and this topic, it can really, you know, go on and on. There's so many things to discuss, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, we, we we can't, you know, cover so many things in such a small amount of time. But who knows? Maybe we can have continuous discussions. We can have more episodes yes. and we can have, you know, a fruitful conversation about this. Yes, yes. of course. So thank you. Thank oh, you you're again. welcome. Yes. It was thank a you, pleasure Brian. to be here. And it's good to see the both of you. All yes, yes. All right. That was a fun and very insightful episode. I like that we were able to talk about what soji really means and why it's important and then we also talked about the difficulty of navigating relationships as lgbtqia plus that there's sometimes there's a need to be careful and to be vigilant but also that the episode highlighted the importance of having safe spaces and support which brings courage and acceptance that culture of acceptance. I like how in this episode we were able to share story of um, how it is like to fall in love at a tender age of 15, experiencing unrequited love, and then growing and then having awareness of what it is right for the person. Like in Ryan's case, no, knowing what, what's right for him, which was helpful in building a personal narrative. Also, in this episode, it was highlighted that now more than ever, there's compassion, there's more compassion, there's more openness. So there's no need to hide it not and not to be vigilant anymore. And we can be proud. You know, there are also more platforms, even online. One important aspect that was um, highlighted in this episode is the relationships are usually there's a meeting relationship that's usually patterned on heterogeneous relationships or stereotypes 
like sino yung babae, sino yung lalaki, and is usually based on parents and reinforced reinforced by media, which is sadly an indication of lack of awareness. But now that we have um, more platforms like this, you know, where we talk openly about these things, we we know that this is just a myth, this patterning relationship on heterogeneous, rela- heterogeneous stereotypes. Okay, and lastly, the main important point, we all deserve a safe space and a space to love. Love is love. So, if you have um, any comments or questions or if you need guidance about this topic, you can reach out Gender Hub or reach out to us, LSOGC. We are posting the link of today's episode in our LSOGC Facebook page. That's LS, Office of Guidance and Counseling. But you can always check us out in Spotify or Apple Podcast. Just look up Coffee Sessions with your counselors. If you have questions or comments or thoughts about what's striking for you in today's episode, feel free to comment in our FB page. Once again, this is Coffee Sessions with your counselors. Stay safe and healthy. Bye!